Hey everybody, it's your host, Hampton Dorch, and today I wanted to give you a peek into my world at work, uh, which is at Wilds Park, and we do leadership development, and I believe that you're going to get a lot out of this episode. I talk a lot about having a growth mindset on this podcast, and by the way, if you ever want to lead other people, you've got to be able to lead yourself, and a huge part of leading yourself is building a growth mindset. However, we live in a world that is extremely self-consumed. Uh, you'll hear me say in this podcast that people take over 50 hours worth of selfies a year. The self-help industry is booming. And you know, with that, we're always thinking about ourselves. And the best leaders are others-focused. They develop other people and have a successional mindset. And the best, best leaders have a multiplication mindset where they develop leaders who then go and develop leaders. And we're going to be talking about that today. I'm having on my CEO, Cord Sachs talk about this. He's extremely passionate about this. My colleague and friend, Josh Swing, is also on this podcast as well. So I believe that you're going to get a lot out of it. You don't want to miss it. By the way, this podcast is sponsored by O'Henry's Coffee, my favorite shop in Birmingham. Make sure you stop by there and check them out. Anyways, let's hop in. It's time for you and me to wake up and leave. People spend an average of 54 hours a year taking selfies. 54 hours a year. And I didn't like believe that when I read it. I was like, show me the facts. And so Swing and I were looking at it. Um, we, can, we can send you the link if you want to know the facts after. But that is seven minutes a day. Uh, Cord has several teenagers. He can confirm. It may be more like 20 minutes for your kids, Cord. Yeah, that, that's, that's, a low, that's a low number uh, in my home. So, <laughs> but, but think about it. I mean, uh, we're taking selfies. Uh, obviously, Snapchat and, and all of this stuff is, is just taking pictures of yourself. And oftentimes it's, um, you know, I was at the gym the other day and I saw an individual probably in high school um, attempt to take a selfie, but they took like 50 of them to make sure it was just right. And why, why, why do we share that? Uh, because we live in a world of, of me, me, me and, and self. And um, that, that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. There is a, um, an industry uh, a, a topic of books that is really booming right now. And it is the self-help mm. uh, self-help area of learning. And that is really important. You may actually look at some of the books behind me and say, well, Hampton, you've got quite a few of them. You're talking about habits and hard work and grit and mindset. And a lot of those have had a tremendous impact on my life. And I think that it's really important to learn how to, to learn and grow yourself because we really believe that in order to lead other people, You've got to know how to lead yourself first. And so we never want to talk down on any of that. But we're, we live in a culture that really, really puts self-help and me and self and um, doing it all on your own on a pedestal. And we want to talk about today, what does it look like to bring other people with you? So we're going to have Cord mostly talk about some of these different mindsets. Man, fired up. That's my intro, man. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go, ready to run through the wall. But um, because I've seen these guys do it, like I've, I've watched, uh, I've watched these guys live this out. Um, I've tried to model it as best I can, never perfectly. But three mindsets we 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 need, we we must have if we're going to maximize our impact, maximize our own growth. If our own growth is only the end of what we want to do, I want to convince you today that the the, the best way to grow yourself is to move from just a growth mindset to a succession mindset to finally a multiplication mindset. 
Um, and not only will you grow and maximize your growth, but you'll impact a lot of people along the way. And that's at the end of the day, when we look back and we think, man, legacy, what was it all about? Did I really have an impact? If it's only about us, I think we're going to be a bit disappointed. Mm -hmm. But if it can become about others, uh, we can have a really, really cool ride at, at in impacting people's lives and changing the world. So, mm -hmm. man, let's jump in. So growth mindset, right? I, I, I teased you by saying, hey, we're going to talk about why a growth mindset it's just not enough. It's, it's super important, but it's not enough if you really want to have an impact that's compounding that, you know, that, that can change the world. And so, but it's got to start. You got to start with having a growth mindset. You got to start with increasing your capacity so that you can grow others. Uh, our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, Craig Rochelle. And so growth mindset really is all these mindsets they are a choice. And that's good news for you today, because whether or not this is the first time you've heard of these ideas or, wow, you're locked in and this is just going to be polishing, if you're, if you will, your worldview and your application up. It's a choice. You can choose today to say, I, wow, I heard some convincing conviction based statistics, inspiration, uh, pragmatic plans to help me believe is the word. Like a mindset is all about belief and, and, and believing in such a way as to where you, you orchestrate your world around that mindset. So you always are going to move into the direction of your strongest thoughts, or if you could, you could replace that with your beliefs, your belief system. And so what do you believe about what is most important to grow you and give you your edge in life? So, it, it, so if, if we transition, um, we, 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 I want to I put up in front of you kind of the, the antithesis of this. Here's the enemy, the enemy of the growth mindset. Let's start there is the fixed mindset. The fixed mindset basically says, um, I am going to get to a place or a time or a season in my life where I have learned enough and I can stop learning. And if you think about when that can happen, like the first time that probably could happen is in high school, Right. You make a choice to whether or not you want to move from high school to continue to stop, to continue to grow and maybe go to college or junior college. Um, and so there, there's another natural season if you choose to, to go in that direction. You don't have to to continue to grow. But if you move to college, that's kind of an expected new season of growth. But then you get to the end of college and you have another choice to make. Do you believe it is important to continue growing? When a lot of the world will say, now it's time to go do. Mm. Even now it's time to go be based on everything you've invested in. And for many people, it's like, I'm so glad I got done. I'm so glad I'm walking across that stage that they begin unintentionally to create a fixed mindset. And it starts the downward spiral of their impact. And so when you have a fixed mindset, you'll, you'll realize that as you move through life, you will have to work hard because there's a desire to appear successful. But I, I'm going to be here today to say it is impossible to continue to be successful at the levels that other people that continue to grow and have a growth mindset and be successful. And so you begin to become someone that you're not and you begin to have to take a lot of selfies, if you will, and position the camera and the situation and the dress and everything to appear 
to look successful and have it all together. But if you just had a growth mindset, you wouldn't have to worry about any of that. Mm -hmm. So a mix, a fixed mindset mm -hmm. is the enemy and, and transitioning to, okay, how do we now, how do we, how do we think about growth? How do we think about getting out of that pit? Well, answer yourself these questions. Do you, the red flags you'll see, um, am I, we say, I'm just not a morning person. I'm just not an athlete. I'm just not a writer. I'm just not a communicator. So do, do we talk like that? We have that negative speech. Uh, you know, as you're looking at others and you're comparing yourself, well, you know, a, a question could be, well, we don't do that in our organization, you know, and, and you start to look and you start to, 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 to create false narratives of, about other people's success. Well, they're growing like crazy. Well, it's probably just because they pay people more. Mm. Um, or, you know, back, back here in, in the South, you know, it's, <laughs> if it ain't broke, just don't fix it. You know, why would we change something if it seems to be working? The problem with these red flags are the longer that you stay out of a growth mindset with a fixed mindset, the more others that choose the growth mindset are passing you up and creating opportunity for them that will leave you behind. Hmm. So big deal. Some red flags for you. Um, so Cord, let me that, hop in here. I'll, I'll add yeah. something to this before you keep going, because I, I, want, I want you to tell people how to combat that fixed mindset. How, okay, we understand fixed mindsets are really bad. So how to move to a growth mindset. But I'll double down on a couple of things that you said there. The first thing is going back, Campton, to what you said earlier, talking about the selfie culture that we live in, where I think what we're seeing, especially with younger generations, because they're going through some things that none of the other generations have had to go through, is there is this increased value and focused on the perception of them and less of a focus on the actual growth that they're experiencing, going back to the whole appearing successful piece of it. We are seeing the first generation that is like raised on social media, that people believe about them, what they put on Instagram or TikTok or whatever social media platform they're on. And it can be really toxic and unhealthy if we let that take priority over the growth that we want to experience and our willingness to look weird and silly and like we don't have it all together at times so that we can uh, continue to get better. And then, yeah, y'all, if you hear any, anybody say these things, the, the alarm should go off in your mind. You should start thinking, okay, how do I help get them out of this? I love now that I've read Mindset by Carol Dweck, which is where a lot of this comes from. When I hear people now, sit, now say, hey, I'm just not a morning person. Um, you can inject yet into that. You're not a morning person yet, but what are some things that you could do to become a morning person? Because I would argue waking up at 5 a.m. is probably not easy for anybody, um, but they've just make it, made decisions to, to help get them there. But Court, I want to kick it back to you. I want you to continue on. What are some ways that we can fight against these red flags and fight against the fixed mindset? Well, I love uh, this, this whole quote by Henry Ford. Uh, I didn't know him personally, but uh, but incredible quote. He says, anyone, or he said many years ago, this is not new, right? Um, anyone who stops growing is old. Whether they're 28 or 88, the key to staying young is to keep learning. And so, you know, especially me, you know, a, a Gen Xer, um, I, I want to stay relevant and I can think of all the creative ways I can learn snap and all these sayings that my kids say, or, or I could just keep learning. And so I'm going to choose to keep learning because then I can stay relevant with my age and, and every other age and generation beneath me. So, um, so how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, we gotta, we gotta keep 
learning. We got to literally, we got to stay and make a choice to learn. You have to put margin, new margin in your life to learn, to acquire knowledge. One of one, that, the 50% of a growth mindset is simply saying, I'm going to put into my regular cadence of life, my cadence of doing work, my cadence for, for what makes me healthy, a pattern of learning. And I'm going to, I'm going to take in information and I'm going to seek counsel through mentors. So that's 50% of it. But the other 50% of it is, uh, is probably something you're not expecting. And, uh, and you have to learn to fail often and well. Mm -hmm. All right. I love this quote by Michael Jordan. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and have missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. So this is, this is the, the greatest, you know, forgive me, you, you, you Kobe or, or um, you know, other, other, other fans of certain other kings of basketball. I believe Michael Jordan was the greatest player of he all time. He didn't even say it. He didn't even say LeBron. I couldn't even hey, say that's, it. A, that's a Gen Xer at heart right there. Absolutely. <laughs> I am a purist, man. So, hey, but let's, let's not let that uh, force us to digress. What did he say was the key to his success? His key to success is that he failed over and over and over again. And that's not just a cliched, cool, like, let's, let's, let's be able to pump our folks up when they fail. Like, there's a lot of physiological statistics that tell us why that's true. An incredible book, one of my favorite books I read back in around 2003 that really, really helped me, even before I, I, I read Mindset by Carol. Um, DeWitt, I, I read this book by, by Daniel Coyle called The Talent Code, an incredible book. And he talks about that, that, that talent is something that is developed. There was this whole debate, is it, is it by nature or by nurture? Do people grow in their intellect, in their ability to play sports, play, mu play musical instruments, and get to a level of expertise? Malcolm Glidewell was also putting a couple books out at this time, uh, the Outliers book, the 10,000 Hours book, that all reinforce this whole idea that you can grow talent, and you can grow it in your own life. And there's this whole, there's this gene, the, the physiological side of it and the, the, the chemistry and brain side of it. There's this gene called myelin that wraps around the nerve cells in our brain, but they're only activated and layered, if you will. There's a new layer that's put of myelin that's put around these cells. When you push yourself to the point of failure and go one degree past it, every time you do that, you gain another if you will, layer of myelin, and we've been over time, uh, DNA um, experts have seen that this is the talent code. Mm. This is why people grow is because they put themselves in scenarios to push them past the place of comfort to a place of failure and just beyond. And they do that over and over and over again. And that's what separates. Those are the outliers that are the world leaders. That are that that are the Michael Jordans, that are the 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 rock stars that then produce these incredible works of art. It's because they worked on it and pushed past failure over and over and over and over again, and they embraced it as a way of succeeding. Mm -hmm. So a huge question there: Are you learning? Do you have mentors? And and uh, you know, are you failing? 
So three questions. Let's. Uh, th- 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 I want you know swing. I think swing or pay, uh, Hampton. You're going to go through these questions, but these are it. questions I want you to think about yourself. And then this whole the whole purpose of this, we're going to get to the but, right? But growth mindset. There's something so much so much more important than just having a growth mindset. It's going to involve. I'm going to give you a little hint. Impacting others. So yeah. even as you're thinking through this for yourself, I want you to think: Who could I also have a conversation with? about this and start this whole process of thinking not just about yourself, but about others. So wrap, wrap up these questions real quick. Yeah. Three questions here to help evaluate or assess the growth mindset that you see on the screen. And don't feel like you have to write these, these three down as fast as you possibly can. Feel free to if you're taking notes. But we are going to send out um, these questions post Post webinar, So we're going to have a series of assessment questions for each of the different mindsets that you could begin to use personally to evaluate yourself in the area of growth mindset or the other two mindsets that we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, but you could also inject these into your team. I think a great go and do here is we think about leaving this webinar and, and how do we want this to impact others around us is we, these are questions we could ask others and it could lead to a really meaningful conversation. So the first one is around how active and consistent is learning really that first step in the two-pronged approach to, uh, to make sure that we are fully adopting that growth mindset is what is, our, what is our appetite for learning look like? And then the second thing here is how do I interact with failure? How often, how frequently, how intentionally am I embracing failure as an opportunity to learn and to grow? One of the things that we regularly repeat with our kids right now, I've got young kids, a, almost five-year-old, a three-year-old, a almost one-year-old. And we say, we do hard things. Whenever something comes up that they're struggling with, something that we will repeatedly say is we do hard things. And part of doing hard things is failing. Well, we were at swim lessons this past summer and swim lessons are hard if you don't know how to swim, right? There is a real fear that you are going to go underneath the water and not come back up. And our oldest was doing well our middle one, our three-year-old was struggling a ton. And I see her pull him in and and tell him we do hard things and you can do this, Graham, and you're going to get through it. And I think the really cool part about a growth mindset, Corey, to your point is um, it's contagious and we know what we celebrate gets reproduced. The last thing here would be, the last question here would be to evaluate what are your biggest challenges when it comes to engaging in a growth mindset? and the actions that it should be driving. So three questions to ponder on there, but, uh, but Cord, I'm going to, I'm going to continue the theme of what I was just talking about and just the contagious spread of the growth mindset into other people. I think it's something that can somewhat organically happen if we're celebrating the heck out of it, but I think we need to take another step and we need to be intentional about it. So unpack the succession mindset for us. All right. So first and foremost, know that the succession mindset is part B to maximizing your own growth, to maximizing your own learning. As you begin to transfer the thoughts and the thinking and the mindset and belief about growing someone, about growing yourself to then growing someone else, that becomes 2.0 of your growth journey. In any aspect that you're beginning to then think about influencing someone else with something that you know You're in a sense going to successionally think about someone else, pass something on to them. When you begin to do that is when you start to master whatever it is that you're passing on. So I want you to see that succession is key if you want to really, really maximize growth and take it to 2.0. 
And so I'm going to walk you through what is a continuum uh, of growth. It's a flow. It's a it's a what we call our multiplication uh, growth flow. Um, how do we build multiplying leaders? Well, we get them to think very pragmatically through these stages of growth. All right. And the first three are going to overlap back into the growth mindset. But I want you to see them here. And it's very important that you see the first three and you know the, the, the process it's going to take you to grow because that's going to be the very, very next thing on your on your list will be how do I help someone else grow like I have grown? And so how do you start growing in any situation? You're, you, you, gotta, you start a new job. You move into that job. You have to learn you move into a learning stage and your job is made up of a multiple, multiple different tasks. And so there's going to be some of these tasks that you do and you learn faster than others. Keep that in mind. And so the growth, if you will, this growth mindset starts with I'm going to learn and I'm going to learn aggressively and I'm going to put mentors and coaches and failure into the, in the equation so that I learn. Learn is all about the question of what. What do I do? What do I do? You come into a new job and you just need to learn what is the job? What do I do? And as you start to learn what you do, you can then begin to execute. Execute the job. Execution is all about being able to complete. And let's just talk about a task and complete one of the tasks in that job. You'll first learn to execute one of the tasks before you learn to execute the whole job. So you might move quicker through certain tasks in your job through this process than you do the whole job. But the goal is for you to obviously get to a point to where you can execute your job. You can do it excellently so that people rave about the experience of your work internally and externally. That's when you know you're executing. Execution is all about how. If learning is about what, what is the job, what do I do, you need someone else, obviously, to give you information, and you need someone else to model what the job is so that you can begin to know how I do that. And then when you can do the how at a level where everybody says, wow, I am a raving fan of the experience I've had as I watch you do the how, it can move you to the next stage, which is own. All right. And the difference between execute and own is ownership has to do with all of the framework around your job, all of the people, all of the all of the processes, uh, all of the systems uh, that make up everything that surrounds your job that connect all of the tasks together. And then so a lot of times you, you get to work and as you're learning and you're executing, you have someone as you come in that day says, okay, I want you to do this part of your job and work on this part today. This week, I really want you to, 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 to really polish up this part of your sales presentation. Um, I really want you to then, we're going to move probably in a couple weeks to, to the negotiation part that you're not yet. You're still learning there. But you're executing the, the intro well. But as you begin to then tie all of those tasks together and you know the systems and process and people that connect all the dots, you begin to own. You know you can own a task or your whole job when nobody has to tell you why you do what you do. Owning is all about learning why, okay? I'm sorry, owning is all about learning why. I learn the what, I execute the how, 
But as I own, I now understand why we do this first and this second. I now why, oh, this person has to be involved at this stage. Oh, now I know why we enter it into the CRM that way. When you start connecting all of the framework around your job that supports your job and you can put it all together and no longer do you need somebody else telling you what and how to do and why you're doing it, you own the job. Mm. You own the task. And you, you might own a ta one task in your job sooner than you own another. The whole goal in your job is to own every task in your job. Because here's the exciting part of the successional mindset. This is, this is all growth mindset up until this point. I'm learning to learn, to execute, and own. But this is when it starts to become successional. Is when I think a part of my job now is to develop others. Because here's what's happening. When you take an area, let's just say a, a task of your job that you now own and you can start developing someone else, what does it do to you? I mean, think about when you've had to teach someone else, when you've had to explain to someone else, when you've had to model for them how you do a sales call, how you, you, you put information into a CRM, it sharpens you. And you become a master as you begin to develop and only when you begin to take others through, where do you start? Where does development start? It starts with taking someone else back through own, execute, and develop. I'm sorry, own, I'm sorry, own, learn, own, and execute. Excuse, excuse me. Sorry, let me say that one more time. Learn, execute, and own. <laughs> order right. Uh, learn, execute, own. The way you develop is simply taking someone else back through that, that continuum learn, execute, own. Now, as I develop, a couple things have changed. In order for this to happen, you truly have to have a, a mindset, a belief system that changed. And this is where having a successional mindset, coming into your job and very early on realizing the fastest way for me to grow, become a master chief in what I do, and have a promotion, meaning an opportunity to fill a gap in the future, the greatest thing I can do, do is obviously learn, obviously execute and own. But what if I, on my own initiative, start developing someone else and they can now do what I once did? Hmm. What boss, what leader is not going to look and say, wow, that's the value add that very few people do in my organization. And in fact, they've pragmatically made a position for them available because of the way they do their work. And I have someone else now that can do the job that they were doing. That's when a successional mindset takes root in your organization and it thrusts everybody forward. Hmm. So learn, execute, own, develop. And then there's a, there's a, there's a second tier because develop is all about who. If we said learn was what, executes how, own is why, develop is who, hmm. second generation, and then there's a next tier, which is reproduce. Cord, before we get into that, I want to I want to park there on develop because I want to. All right, I, I, I wanna, I, man, I gave the thunder, and I, 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 mean, I already, already mentioned the word. But just we'll, wait, just back wait. And <laughs> I didn't say it. We're gonna move <laughs> there. I want to park yeah. there because I, um, me, me and Hampton get to hop on calls with HR leaders all the time, and. Uh, they're they're begging their people to step up and to do this to to begin developing others but i know we see a lot of people who 
um, they're waiting, right? They're waiting to develop others until certain things happen. And so Hampton, I know I've seen you do this really well within our organization specifically. And I'd love to hear your take on some of the challenges that exist with moving from owning to developing, adopting the successional leader mindset and how you personally have overcome those. I think the most important part about having a successional mindset for me is knowing that like the other people around me have it. So like for, for you, for example, maybe you have it in your organization and you might feel alone. Well, we're here. We're going to encourage you and we hope that you have it. But a lot of the magic happens when like this is a mindset that's like from the top. And so I've watched people before I've been able to do this. For example, Josh Swing, who when I came into WildSpark may have not had like a, a formal leadership title, but half the things that I do in my day-to-day job are things that Josh taught me. And he's not technically getting paid to do that. He's not my manager, but we all recognize that like, if we all want to grow together, if we really care about the why of our organization, then you're able to bring people along and develop them. And I think a lot of times people are like looking out for themselves and they want the pay raise and they want the promotion. And so it's, well, that's not my job description. Like why, why would I help that person? Or what if I help that person and they then become better than me? Well, congrats. That means you're a great leader. <laughs> you should help somebody grow and, and right. get better. But it really does take a special person to have that mindset. And it's been it's been a gift as I've been here to, again, see you do that for me, Josh. And then now when we bring new salespeople on or new people join the team, I'm able to help in some of those sales trainings or help um, teach the values that we live by um, and things of that nature. And, and, and Josh, of course, is being humble here, but I think he's the the, the, the ultimate developer here. <laughs> Get out of here. I, uh, no, I thank you, Hampton. I really appreciate the kind words, but yeah, I've seen Hampton do this time and time again, when new people come on board the team or a lot of, you know, Hampton from LinkedIn and he's been able to build up a significant following within LinkedIn by being very consistent and faithful with the value that he's adding to others. And then he gets, he turns around and he's like training our entire team on how to add value on LinkedIn and, re- and developing others and, and reproducing. So, Court, I'm gonna. This is me right now hitting play back on well, Court Sachs to uh, to jump back into what you alluded to. Well, and, and here's what I want to add to the, the cool part about um, what happens when you move from this this ownership mindset to the successional mindset, and even what keeps people from doing it. I mean, if you really think what keeps me from, ah, I've just gotten to where I can sell. And, I, and, I, and I'm pretty clear on, on how and why and all, all of the, the sales process. I keep using sales examples because that's kind of what I've always done is sold. Um, but the, but the, the, the biggest thing in my mind of why I don't want to develop someone else is because I, I might fail. But let's go back and, and answer the question, what is one of the greatest ways to grow? Is to put yourself in situations where there's a higher level of you failing. And so the greatest thing we can do is just to go for it and put ourselves in a situation where we're going to start to develop others. And that's exactly what Hampton's done um, as he has modeled for us this in the area of building uh, a personal brand and leveraging his personal brand and LinkedIn to, to sell WildSpark. So phenomenal job. And guess what? He failed early on often, but he was the one leading the charge and we were the one following and he's grown from that. And it's been so cool to see him take the lead and lead the whole organization in what has become a very, a very important part of our business model. So well done, man. Well done, Hampton. 
But yes, it's got to lead to reproduction, okay? It's got to lead to reproducing third generation. I said that the, the, uh, the develop is second. You're, you're focusing on a second generation who reproduction is saying, okay, now I'm going to also own and focus on the second generation reproducing a third generation. And we're going to get to that more, and that's going to, that's going to, that's going to flow into the next mindset. Uh, but I'll let you swing, kind of unpack the questions that we could be asking in this area. Yeah, I'm going to kick the questions to Hampton because he's our, he's our resident expert on the successional mindset. So I'm, I'm delegating here, Hampton. Walk us through the successional mindset assessment, uh, if you will. Here we go. And by the way, we're going to be sending these out after, so don't feel like you have to write all of them down, but this may be something helpful f- for you and your team to be able to go through. So on a scale of one to 10, how active and consistent is my personal use of this learning model? Be asking yourself that question. I mean, it's been really helpful to think about learning, executing, owning, developing, reproducing. I mean, we even use that language around WildSpark with our roles. Um, and and Cord has even made plenty of decisions about people getting promoted and moved around based on um, these principles. Next would be on a scale of one to 10, how confident am I using this model to train someone else in a mastered area of your job? Again, we've made this language a huge part of what we're doing. So be asking yourself that question there. And then what is your biggest challenge as you think about improving your successional mindset and the actions it should be driving? It could be what Cord said. I'm afraid to fail. That's usually what holds a lot of people back. We, we don't want to fail. Or if we're honest, let's be honest and raise our hands for a minute. We might be insecure. I've dealt with this too. What if you develop somebody else and then they, they're better than you and, and, and cord uh, swing. And I would disagree with this, but I, I'll, I will pull these words out of cords mouth. He said that at times we're better at selling wild spark than he is because we spend <laughs> 10 times more time doing it because he's empowered us to do that. If he was the only one that ever did it, I may have not never gotten hired because we wouldn't have grown enough. And so, <laughs> that's just something that's really important to think about. I, I'm ready to transition us into the last one, unless either of you have anything to add real quick. You go. No. Okay, well, here we go. It, it, it continues to build, right? So we have a growth mindset. We're leading ourselves very intentionally. We're thinking about how to learn, how to take in information, how to uh, seek out mentors. We're intentionally failing um, so that we can grow as aggressively as possible. But then we realize, okay, that's 101. I'm still hungry. I want to grow more. I want to get better at the things that I can do well. So what do we do? We then have a successional mindset where it becomes not about the what, uh, not about the how, not about the why, but it now becomes about the who. I'm going to find other people to invest in, um, and I'm going to successionally help them get better at the things I'm pretty good at. And, and the cool thing about that is you can kind of go in and have a conversation with someone and say, look, there are things you're really good at, like you're really good at the front side of lead generation. Will you teach me what you're learning there and show me and model that for me? I'm pretty good at closing a deal. I'll model that for you. Could we meet? Let's meet for 30 minutes a week and just share notes. Incredible mm-hmm. conversation I have to start thinking as a successional leader. But a successional leader will only stop short if they think about the second generation. But if they can think about pouring and investing into someone else and then implant the vision 
and the and the accountability and the opportunity to challenge them to do the same thing. Now I want you, second generation, to find someone else to now teach uh, this aspect of your job too. We've now gone and we now have a multiplication mindset. Hmm. There are movements that we can be a part of, that we can be catalysts for if we simply think about first generation to second generation to third generation. And it's, 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 it's really, really, there's, there's, there's a great podcast by Craig Rochelle uh, out there. And uh, it, it's, it's on having these three mindsets. Um, but he would say the most important mindset is this multiplication mindset, is this first generational ownership to develop leaders that develop leaders. And he says this, only 12% of companies make it past the third generation because they do not think about creating multiplying leaders. They think about reproducing everything else. They think about reproducing the sales funnel, the multiplication or the, uh, the, the operational strategy, the marketing strategy, but they don't have as a part of their culture a systematic codified way to reproduce leaders that have a vision to reproduce leaders as a part of their job. And so he, he, he unpacks these three generational mindsets. He calls Gen 1 the builders. They built the company. They sacrificed more than anyone else. They had their back up against the wall. They had few resources, so they had to have a growth mindset. They absolutely had to be learning all the time because everything was changing early on. I can think about the days we were back in my basement starting WildSpark. <laughs> And, uh, and we, were, we were learning how to launch a clickable PDF as WildSpark to the world. And uh, we have pivoted on that and had ideas and innovated around that a thousand times over. But there was no guarantee. There was a lot of risk. And, uh, and we were investing a lot of money to try to pull it off. And, 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 and those that were in the basement, they had a Gen 1 mindset. They were willing to run through a brick wall because they owned it. But what had to happen is we had to start building a Gen 2, a Generation 2 that would come in and they would take what we had done, what we had built, what we had established and begin to scale and grow the organization. And But you see, and, and, and Craig Rochelle talks about this, that the Gen 2 end up becoming protectors. They saw the sacrifice that Gen 1 made, uh, the risks that they took. Uh, the establishment of the, of the company or the product of the organization that now has instability. And they so value that they want to protect it with everything that they have. And they have a little more resources to then grow. And to the degree that the generation one tells generation two, we're now going to reproduce into a third generation. You're going to create another group of leaders that are going to be able to take all the resources that we have. We've now proven this out from generation one to generation two. And it's not just generation one that can do it. Generation two can do it. They've been able to scale at a generation two level. And there's another level of success. And this is where he says this is so, so difficult. Because most think that the success you have at generation two will just continue without a lot of effort in generation three. And generation three usually becomes squanderers because they don't have the buy-in that generation one had. They, did not, they weren't connected in any way to the initial sacrifice. And at some level, the vision was not passed on from generation two to generation three. The, generation, the, the vision around building 
people, investing in people. And so they take all of the resources and the relatively speaking easy way of doing business now because all of the hard stuff has been moved through and they have a bit of an entitled mentality and they squander because they're not bought in. But the, the one way, the one way they could get bought in the same way generation two got bought in from generation one is if generation one owns, if you will, the generation or the, the, the vision of generation two creating leaders and then also owns generation two reproducing leaders and the idea of them being able to reproduce more leaders. And so when generation three can have as a part of the manifesto, we have got to also buy into the, the, the central vision of building more leaders for the organization. We can now take the resources, the finances, the ease of business, do it well while we now create a fourth generation of leaders that we're then going to pass on generation one mindset to. And that's being able to own and pass on a multiplication mindset as the heart of what you do. That you work here, yes, to do our, do our, to build our product, to do our service in a really, really high, high way that's excellent, where you own it, where you can develop others. But at the end of the day, a big part of your job description is to grow other leaders who will own the growth of more leaders. And that's what he would say would be the difference between those, the 12% uh, that do make it. They buy into making sure that first generation of building leaders who own this on down. Mm -hmm. So pretty excited. I get fired up about that. Multiplying movements of multiplying leaders in the for-purpose market space is what we're all about. This is awesome. I'm fired up. I'm ready to run through a wall cord. I could just record that and listen to it on, on repeat every day for the rest of my life. Um, I know something that we regularly hear is a lot of maybe Gen 1s or Gen 2s from, from my perspective that would say, like, uh, they ask the questions, right? How, man, how do I get these young leaders to take more ownership? Or how do I get these young leaders to be appreciative of what we have? Or how do I get these young leaders to take initiative? And um, so many times it turns into the blame game right? Everybody's pointing fingers at each other and nobody's taking responsibility for it. And I would say that just as much as maybe you, if you have a, a Gen 3 squanderers culture right now in your organization, while they do need to take ownership, it's just as much on Gen 1 as it is on Gen 3, that the product of those people and the way that they now operate within the culture is because, right, a lack of what we've talked about a lot on this webinar. And Hanson, again, I want to kick it to you because I want to hear your perspective on this for even personally where you came into the organization of WildSpark. And man, I would say you're a builder through and through. Like you are a 100% builder when I look at how you've drastically changed the sales process for WildSpark and countless other things, initiatives within our organization. But what have been some of the things that have kept you from maybe drifting into the squanderer's mindset and adopting fully that builder's mindset. We'll relive some WildSpark history here for us. If you look at the three people on this, people on this webinar, we have our founder and CEO Cord. And obviously there was a time where he was building this uh, in the basement, actually in his basement. And then not long after that, my good friend, Josh Swing on this podcast comes along. 
And Josh is as, as gin two as it gets. I mean, when he was, he's been here longer than just about any of us. And so he clearly has been protecting um, what he saw Cord do um, and, and a few other people in the beginning, but he was there. He got to see it. He got a lot of time with Cord. Uh, but then a couple of years later, I came along and I obviously know Cord. I'm still in the office with him. But as we've grown, you know, I may not have the access uh, of, of what it was with a four or five person team. You know, th there's a lot more people now. And so I'm definitely a part of that Gen 3 that could have a bent towards entitlement because they may not have seen the early days. They don't have the vision and they just thought that we've always had the office and always had the great software and always had the benefits. Uh, that's not true. And I think it's, it's mm. two parts. There's the uh, recruiting part of it, which is obviously important. Um, shout out to Fire Seeds, our sister company that does recruiting. But um, you've got to find for your organization the people that generally do have that builder's mindset. They want to own whatever they do. And so humbly, I believe that because of the way I was raised and some mindsets I developed along the way, I was ready to jump into somewhere that had a vision. But I wasn't going to go work somewhere that they didn't, that they all weren't bought into that vision. And so that's what got me here. But then what helped me live that out is seeing Josh swing primarily. Yes, Cord I've had a lot of access to you, but I spend way more time with Josh and he's the gen two and he's developed me. And so like, if Josh didn't do that, then I wouldn't be here fired up like I am right now. And I think the trap is that Cord early on being a gen one could see, you know, because Josh is just around a lot of times gen two is picking up on a lot of those things. And so maybe Gen 1 thinks that they've got it. They're like, oh, they're around. They kind of know how we do things here. But once you bring on that third generation, you really see what you're made of. Um, and so that's why it's important early on to be developing that Gen 2. And so I give a huge part of that credit to, yes, I've got to have part of that mindset. Um, but then I come in and I've got you, Josh, and a couple other people that are more Gen 2 that develop me along the way. So I think it goes both ways. Gosh, I didn't think I was going to cry on this webinar, but Anthony, you're going to make me cry right now. Um, Cord, you have an incredible illustration that I think unpacks visually for everybody the multiplication mindset that I heard you recently do at our last offsite as a company. So I'd love for you to do this really quickly for our audience yeah. today, and then we'll round out with a couple of, of last items. Yeah, it's, it's important to want to win. Of course, we all want to win. And it, and it starts with, I've got to be a winner. I've got to grow myself to win. I've got to be able to win. But winning is all about self, right? And it can be. And, and, and we, I need people to individually produce in the area they're supposed to produce. But when they can start to see this as an opportunity to transfer, to not just have a growth mindset, but then to transfer into a successional mindset, and they own passing on this stuff, uh, to other leaders, there's an incredible part of our culture uh, that 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 gets compounded. But there's a, there's a, there's an even more powerful example of a transfer because in, in that example you're just transferring the baton. In this example, in speed skating, like you stay connected to the leader, and you're actually the one that propels the leader forward uh, in this model. So I love this this model of empowering uh, the leader by staying with them, by taking them through the successional growth, my uh, growth uh, continuum of, of learn, execute, own, develop, reproduce long enough to where you're ensuring that they're also going to go reproduce themselves. 
Hmm. And so that's, that, that's kind of the analogy and the, the, the word picture I want you to get, you know, are you, do you have a lot of winners? Uh, are you only a winner? Uh, do you have a lot of folks that are transferring or do you have a team of bought in first generational leaders that are building, but they know a big part of their building is to empower leaders to grow other leaders. And, uh, it was a great little word picture that we stumbled upon and, um, yeah, it's been powerful for me to revisit that and evaluate our culture in light of it. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll wrap up with these last three questions right here. And then I know I saw a, a question from Amanda in the chat that I want to circle back to and make sure that we speak to that. But multiplication mindset assessment. Um, again, these questions will be uh, delivered after the webinar is over with. So no need to write all these down word for word. We'll send them to you. But on a scale of one to 10, how empowered do you feel to own and build the organization that you're a part of? How empowered do you feel to own and build the organization? Number, uh, number two, scale of one to 10 again, how confident are you that the vision and mission of your team are in line with what can change the world? Uh, like Hampton said a second ago, he was at a place in his life where he was looking for a world changing vision that he could be a part of that he knew would be fulfilling and purposeful. So as you evaluate your own team's vision and mission, how world changing is it on a scale of one to 10? How, uh, how much of a conviction could somebody have about what you exist for? Because that will ultimately determine buy-in. And then lastly, what's your biggest challenge? As you think about upping the level of ownership and the actions that happen as a result um, in, in adopting this multiplication mindset. So three more really thought provoking, uh, engaging discussion, driving questions that you could inject with your team moving forward as a go and do, I'm fired up to go throw on some ice skates and do some ice skating. I don't know about everybody else <laughs> out there. I, uh, I want to circle back. I, I want to highlight a question and, and court, I'm going to kick this one to you. Um, Amanda in the chat said, and this is regarding what you were talking about in failure. Um, she said, when I hear the word failure, my mind jumps to something external on a really large scale, like trying to launch a new project that ends up being a flop. Mm -hmm. And she also go, went on to say, I guess failure can be more internal on a mm -hmm. small scale. Can you expand upon what you mean by failure in the context of growth? Yeah, probably the best way to explain it. I don't know if you've, if you've watched uh, uh, Swamp Kings, uh, the whole Florida Gator uh, narrative on, on Netflix, but uh, there's, an episode, or there's, there's an episode where it shows them going into the gym at midnight, his Tim Tebow and the whole crew, and they would push themselves to what at the time would be muscle failure, right? It's, it's a place of as far as I can go in my own strength, and somebody pushes me just a little bit further than that, past what I think I can do. And there's this innocence failure. You have muscle failure, but in that muscle failure, you grow stronger. And so mm -hmm. in anything that you're doing it, it's how do you push into the realm where you're a little bit uncomfortable and then you push past that. So wherever you feel like I'm good up until this point, but then I get a little uncomfortable. Every time you do that, you're actually growing your ability next time to be a little more comfortable at that extreme end of whatever it is you're doing. And so that's how you continue to build on the talent aspect of whatever you're doing 
again, whether that's a sport, whether that's playing an instrument, whether that's intellectually growing your, the capacity of your mind and, and, and thinking in a thinking process. So um, it can apply in any area of your life, uh, but it's, it's being willing to say, I will risk and I will learn. I love what Saban said, as much as I, not a Saban fan, I'm a big Auburn <laughs> fan, but Saban said, hey, after that first game against Texas, let's not waste this fail. Let's not waste the fail. So I would say let's not waste the fail. And anytime you do, man, learn from it. But then push yourself internally. I love what you said. Yes, push your in-self internally past your max. What is failure uh, to then be able to have a new max next time? It's good. I agree. It's a combination, the internal and the external, that are at play there. Don't waste your fail. Um, I'm taking it. Um, Saban's the best, Court. I don't know why you'd hate on Saban. Uh, Incredible Hampton. leader. Absolutely. <laughs> Hampton, um, for, the, for the people out there that are like, man, this is so good. Um, I want more of the people in my organization to have a builder's mindset, a multiplication mindset, a successional mindset, a growth mindset. Um, how would you recommend they do that? And then, uh, man, round us out here for our webinar today. I spoke about a minute ago how – I would fall into a bit of this Gen 3 category based on the timeline of which I joined the organization. Uh, but I didn't develop a builder's mindset on accident. You know, Cord and, and Josh weren't just hoping that I would get it. There was a lot of intentionality around that. And the larger your organization gets, the harder it is to do that. And so a big part of what we're doing at WildSpark is giving you a tool to help develop leaders, to help develop these mindsets at scale. And so one of our lessons, one of our content units, this would take three months to go through is actually called Think Like an Owner. And a lot of the content that you'll learn within that uh, will be aligned to some of the things that you heard today. How do you not just think about your role, but how do you connect the dots between your role and the vision of what we're trying to do here as an organization? And the best part about WildSpark is yes, we leverage content that we believe you'll love. We're using movie clips and humor, but we get you together on a conversation like the three of us have just had to talk about this stuff because people learn best in circles, not rows. Okay. So we want you to grow within the context of community where you may learn something like this, but then you have a conversation about it. And that's something that's happening every single month and we're up on time. But if you want to learn more about WildSpark, keep following along, join us next month. And certainly you can schedule some time with myself or Josh. Uh, if you scan that car, if you scan that code, you don't get to pick who you meet with. So, uh, you know, roll, roll the dice. If you want to meet with Cord, just Venmo me a couple bucks and I'll see if I can set something up. <laughs> uh, you can't lose me with either of those guys. Let me tell you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you all for joining. I hope you all have a great rest of your Tuesday. We can't wait to see you next time on our future webinars. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>